scheduling, I'm like, it's it's just kind of a weird thrill, like when you're fishing, you know, you have to sit there, and you have to be quiet, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and then you're like, yes, I caught it, you know, <laughs> because it's just, it's really a thrill, and, and then you have these cats and these traps, and you're like, I'm giving them a better life. This is the Pet Life Saving Podcast, where we discuss ways to save pets from dying in our animal shelters and communities. Michelle, Jen, and me, Caroline, run a nonprofit animal rescue in Southeast Texas. We're from three different generations and backgrounds, but we all have one thing in common a passion to save pets and help their people. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. And there's another one too. I can't remember in the article. Penicillin. It's really good for um, bottle babies because what happens is like the bacteria when they switch over even to like the kitten formula, it's still not as good as mom's milk, and so they usually get like bacterial overgrowth and causes a whole bunch of issues. You get a little bit of diarrhea. Well, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, I'm not ready for no bottle babies. That, like, kittens that can, you know, at least drink the formula on their own from a bowl or something, maybe. But Brittany will help me, but, like, sporadically. And Mom, you know, she'll do it, but I would I mean, we really, honestly, they usually end up going to the shelter, and then we don't get that many calls about them. Well, and, like, that's the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about the community cat. We are recording, by the way. Sorry, yes. But um, I probably shouldn't tell you that. Hey, um, the one of the beautiful things about our community cat program is we don't deal with neonates a lot because they get to stay with their parents until they're old enough for us to pull them. And that's really the best thing. Because what would happen, the reason so many neonates would go into the shelter is people would find them and then not look for mom and just scoop them and bring them to the shelter. So really the only time you should really have to feed a neonate is if, um, like, the mom is run over or refuses to feed them, which does happen, but not not as much as the kittens coming into the shelter, like the babies coming into the shelter. And it gives us an opportunity when they do call um, to try and have conversations and tell them more about why it's important not to snatch babies up. Yeah. Because people just see them and think they're alone, they need to be taken right away, they're, they're cold, you know, all those things. But really, I mean, mom's got to go find food at some point. Yeah. So. Or they can only move one kitten at a time. Yeah. So she's moving them to a new place. Which I saw a thing, I think you shared a while back on our Facebook page, to put a ring of flower around the yeah. babies. I can't remember see. who, uh, I read that somewhere, I was like, that's so smart. I would have never thought of that, but yeah, to put a ring of flower around the babies, because you're not obviously going to be sitting there watching their every single move. Um, and mom can only move one baby at a time. And so um, putting a ring of flower, you'll be able to see if mom's gone through that ring of flower. And it's a booby trap. Yeah. So Basically a way to track. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. And if you see that they've gone through there, then you know mom's attending to those babies and you don't need to worry. And it is good, I mean, for everybody to know who ever does trapping, especially as we're going into the springtime. You got, you got to look. When you trap a female cat, or really any cat, you should look under the trap 
and make sure it doesn't look like anybody's nursing on her before yes. you take her in. It's very important. Which, if you have any questions, contact us. Yes. We can send you photos of how it looks because it actually is very obvious that yeah. it's actively nursing. The yes. hair around the yeah, the it's like is bald all bald. around each yeah. one. Yes. We get a lot of calls. Last year. Yeah. We get a lot of calls that, oh, I think my cat is pregnant, but in all reality, she may have already had her baby. She may be nursing. Yeah. And that's really important. We don't want to take that. This gestation's only like, what, 90 days? I don't even think it's, I think it's 60. 60? 62 or 64 days, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had a a couple that were over 30. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. What do you, I've never had it. I've never had a child. What do you guys think? Would you have preferred? 60 days over nine months? 65 days. For sure. I mean, then you have to deal with it faster. But it's so uncomfortable. 65 days. I was not either. Take that thing out of me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But if you could have been, like, elephants and stuff, we cared for, like, two two years. years? Oh, no, man. I'm done. Two years. Two years. That's wild. Yeah. I think it makes sense because they come out, like, grown, ready to walk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, but um, um, when it is your turn, you'll find out. Then when you get <laughs> it taken from you and you're not able to have babies anymore, you're like, hmm, kind of miss that ability to have to be able to reproduce. See, I got mine shut down on my own. Why did two? No, I mean I got my tubes tied mm-hmm. when I was in my late twenties because I didn't want to have more. Yeah, I had three. I'm good. <laughs> Well, I had, I had my boy and my girl, and I was, like, okay with it. And then I'm, like, now that I'm older and a little bit more patient, I'm, like. Well, they say that that happens, though. They say that, like, whenever you can't do it, yeah. it becomes, like, more of a, oh, my God. I'm sure. Well, you hear all these people who have fertility issues and, like, oh, yeah. the things. And it's not, not that people aren't okay this. with uh, adopting and stuff like that. It's just that, you know, you're raised, like, oh, this is just part of what you're supposed to do. I think it's natural. I think yeah, it's like and then whenever design. you find out yeah. you can't or whatever, yeah, you have to come to terms with it before you're ready for that next phase where you could be open to it. For, I mean, some people don't do it right away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, animals don't seem to. They're not all of them are good about taking in other babies. No, and they sure there's there's so many cats. And so many, they can. Ha- I think they can have like three litters a year. Four, yeah. Three One four. female and breeding age can have up to four litters. Yeah. I was actually, it was um, and it's so funny because I like, you know, cause people are like, hey, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I do this. And then they like tell me their stories, <laughs> and it's like everybody knows somebody who had cats who like kept reproducing. Like I was literally at the doctor's office, and I, the nurse was like, what do you do? And I'm like, rah, 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 I do this. And you know, talking about the cat thing, and she was like, oh my god, I have a neighbor. And she, and I was like, yeah, one female can have up to four litters in a year. And she was like, it seems like that cat is having, like, a litter every month. And I'm like, well, what happens? And she's like, they're born, and then they just, like, wander off. I'm like, yep. This is not a unique problem. Yeah. 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 And then they can go into heat, you know, while they're still nursing. So. Yep. That's. Or they can, they can have start having babies as early as four months. Yeah. Which is why our Bolivar trip. Yes. We did so many females. Over half of our, we did 58 cats 
and over half were females. Yeah. So I guess if you take, what, what, did we, what did we say the number was? 30? I think it was like 32 out of 50. Yeah, 30, 32 females, so times four. Mm-hmm. That's how many. Where's my calculator? <laughs> you you, you want to crunch the numbers this. for us? Yeah, you got this, right? So okay, it's so like. My like, guess was I thought we that we prevented 300 cats. All right. Yeah. Right. What are we doing? Uh, so, yeah, like, what is this? Four, right? 32. 128. That's 128 litters. Okay, so let's do, like, even if they just had, like, two kittens per litter. 256. So I was yeah. close by saying we saved almost 300 cats. And it can go. Probably between, I would say, we it could have prevented probably between I'm going to say, I would say that it's going to be, like, so even just in the spring, if you did 32 cats, one litter each at four kittens each. Yeah. That's, wow, that was a good number. And I think he said, like, and that's just the ones we caught. Yeah. There was, there was like three in heat and there was four pregnant. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, one that was a fairly new pregnancy, one that was under 30 days, which was your baby maker. Snatched her snatched. up. She yep. was like, let a skunk go. Trap. She let a baby skunk go out of the trap <laughs> and threw baby maker in the trap. Yeah, this that lady caught the three, three, kit, or three cats and one skunk, let the skunk out, and then she was like, the mama was just kind of rubbing, she's like, this is baby maker. And I was like, let me get her. And <laughs> I she like was, grabbed her, I was like, don't bite me, don't bite me, don't bite me. <laughs> and she was pregnant. Yeah. So, that was an awesome catch. And then we had a couple, there was two that were over 30 days pregnant, one under, and one that was just pregnant, so it didn't have a time frame. So yeah. She was the one that was under 30, so she was close. Yeah. yeah. So, For anybody who doesn't know, we did this big. So we have our community cat program, free TNR services for the county. There's one part of our county, the Bolivar Peninsula, that you have to go on a ferry to get to. It's kind of just like out there. And um, that's been a real barrier for people living down there to use our services because it's hard to get over the ferry and get to our partner clinic at a reasonable time. Or so, any clinic. Or any clinic. Yeah, yeah any clinic. Because there's a two-hour wait time. You just run it back and forth. Yeah. I, yeah. I was like, the ferry was cool the first time. <laughs> the sixth time. I was like, all right. Over it. Although, the, um, when we came back, I saw the dolphins, and that was cool. That yeah. was cool. But um, anyway, so we hired a spay-neuter mobile van to go out um, over the ferry. Or they went the other way. But um, they came out to do what well, we ended up doing, 58 spay neuters. And it was a big undertaking because we also went out three days earlier to lend out, um, I think we did, what, like 45 humane cat traps. Um, and so it was, a, it was a big project with a lot of moving pieces. And it was, we did it with like very minimal issues. Um, we also did a, a trapping too. Oh, and yeah. a store on the, on you guys talk about that because I was running uh, around. We went to go assess it on Sunday night because we got there Sunday afternoon to to give out traps to people, and then we went and checked into our house that we stayed at, and then um, we went over to the big store, which is really the only store on the peninsula. Yeah, it's like a it's like a grocery and like convenience store all in one. Yeah, and then um, when we got there, we were just supposed to be going to assess and see like where the setups would be good to put traps and everything else. And they were like, "Are you gonna start trapping?" And 
we were like, oh, okay, I guess we can. The cats were just like walking around and just rubbing all over us. And I mean, we just saw cats everywhere. So Michelle and I were like, might as well, let's do it. Bruce went and got the traps, brought them back. We set them out and I mean, they just started catching them. Walking in traps. And you can see the video on our Facebook page. They just literally walked into the traps. What a beautiful thing. Yeah. So we got nine that night. Nine that night. And yeah. I think what's so cool, or you know, because after you catch the traps, you have to have a safe place to keep them. And so they set up um, this cargo container, yeah. the store did, for the cats to stay. And I have video of us going in there and um, looking at them. I'll, I'll try to post that because that was really cool. There's like just yeah. 15 cats in their traps in a cargo <laughs> container, you know, because we want to protect them from the elements and stuff. So, and there's a coyote breeding season out there. So Yeah, and also from any wildlife or anything. So yeah. they can't just stay outside in their traps. They go in. But that was so, that was really cool to see. That yeah. cargo was like, wow. Some really pretty cats, too. They were really, really gorgeous cats. The Siamese that you were in love with. Yeah, really, really pretty Siamese. And then a plain point, big old black tomcat. I mean, they just... But we didn't get the big orange tomcat. No. But I think he's the only one left. I think so. So We ended up with 14 from there. Yeah, like probably 14. And didn't she originally say there's only 12? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so so we got 14. 14. So that's good. That was a good haul. And I told you that study I read was like, seemed to say if you get 90% of a colony, then that's pretty effective. Yeah. And that's interesting. I mean, when you're talking about community cats, I mean, I don't know. I get like nerdy and read studies on community cats. <laughs> but that's what makes you good at this stuff because yeah. you like really dive into all that stuff because I'm too busy doling out traps and stuff and then, you know, I when she tells me and I'm like, It's cool. <laughs> that's the right thing. But it was interesting because it was uh, and it wasn't even, I mean it was kind of protein R, but they were just kind of looking at all the different ways you can manage um, overpopulation of cats, which is like everywhere and they specifically did something on um, like an island because if you think oh, about yeah. it, an island is like really one of the only things you can really properly study because it's contained. It's contained, and um, this is gonna be sad. I but think they, you sent me this. Study. Yeah, and so and obviously on an island, they're worried about um, environmental damages and that kind of thing, and so they spent like twenty million, something crazy, to like drop poison on this island to like kill all these cats pretty much and it was like kind of effective not really effective um and then they were also saying that like there's not really any way you could even do that like in the on not an island so tnr is is really i mean it's not a perfect thing and i get that you know we're still especially if i mean not you know i think people are afraid to talk about the environmental issues with cats but I almost said a cuss word. I don't know, is that okay? I mean, other people. F it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know, uh, F it. You talk about it. There is, cats are, are an invasive species. They do have negative side effects to wildlife. Um, but there's really no other way to handle it besides doing TNR because otherwise what you're going to, you know, round up a bunch of cats and like mass euthanize exactly. but that's not even effective anyway either because you can't even get all the cats so tnr is really 
I, I really believe that is the only way you can you can even start working on this issue. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Mother Nature will start taking care of some of the numbers if you keep them from growing all the time. So mm -hmm. if you have a colony of 30 cats and you get them all spayed and neutered, between their natural predators of cats like coyotes, cars, that's really all there is, though. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but and illness. But I mean, that, yeah, I'm just saying though that you can still drop five cats in mm -hmm. a year just from, I mean, a car alone. Yeah. In a lot of these neighborhoods where these cats are hiding. Yeah. Because they're hiding. Like, if you see two cats, there's probably ten, and you're not seeing them all, you know, because those other ones come out when you're not looking. Yeah. And if you had cameras, you might be like, oh, where'd that cat come from? Yeah. And you know, so it's. It's very hard to say, like, oh, well, we went and trapped all these cats. Well, what about the ones you didn't trap? Yeah. Because the mama cats are, by the way, the hardest ones to trap. I have found that generally if you get cats that aren't fixed in a colony, they're female. And they will get that male from three miles away. They'll come over to come impregnate them. And they'll still bring babies. Yeah. So it don't matter. Well, girls are smarter, obviously. <laughs> I think, the, I think the tongs, I agree. Uh, they just want to dominate the food. So they see food and they're like, that's mine. Well, that's um, like, that's a cool, I don't know. I just, like, when we're watching trapping, um, it's so interesting because they really do have these like hierarchies in their mm -hmm. colony. And um, like I was telling you, what Tracy told me was that if you pull, you know, that's another reason to do two days of trapping because if you, you usually catch the matriarch or the patriarch mm -hmm. the first time, and then the next day, all the cats are like so discombobulated because their hierarchy has been messed up. They're yeah. more likely to go into the traps. And so. then we watched when we were trapping at the big store, there were these two kittens. I mean, older kittens. Yeah, but they're probably a year, maybe a little younger. Like, they were at the bottom of the food chain and they're used to fighting for their food. Yeah. And they really <coughs> wanted that tuna in the trap, they really wanted it. <coughs> But older cats kept coming over and fighting with them for the tuna. So yeah. it was like... We did get them, though. Yeah. We did finally get the, the two little... You're talking about two orange ones. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. That looked like their hairs always went... They, they were <laughs> Standing like very up. wild. Yeah. They, they were trying to beat themselves up when we trapped them. Yeah. Trapping cats is like... You'd think it would be boring, but it's not. It's, it's weirdly exhilarating at times. Very much. No, I told friends it's, it's a lot like fishing. <laughs> It is. That's what I always tell because, people. Because yeah, because you're like you have to catch and release sometimes because you already got that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're out there and you're like trapped it. Wait, ear tip. Oh man, let it go. Yeah. And it I, just keeps going back in like that fish that keeps coming back on your hook. <laughs> like like stop. Well, and I always tell people um, I'm scheduling. I'm like it's it's just kind of a weird thrill like when you're fishing. You know, you have to sit there and you have to be quiet and you wait and you wait and you wait and then you're like yes I caught it you know <laughs> because it's just it's really a thrill and, you, and then you have these cats in these traps and you're like I'm giving them a better life because I care about these cats I feed them and this now, is going to keep them healthier yeah because they're going to everybody in the neighborhood happy well and then if you get friendly kittens that might be adoptable we're able to pull them out of the colony and lessen the numbers so absolutely I think yeah. that's like not to brag on us but to brag on us that's what I love so much about the program we've created is sure it's TNR and like TNR is obviously a big part but it's just a part and it's like once once you're in with us and we you know we've helped you TNR you always have 
the resources of, oh, I, you know, I needed, I probably need to deworm our, this colony. We see a colony of, like, really thin-looking cats. Okay, well, let's go out and let's go deworm them or, like, give them some flea meds, exactly like you said, you know? Yeah. Or if we can assist with, you know, food to, like, I can't tell you how many people have seen these, these cats' rice and beans, which is, like, I mean, just so kind. You're just, like, oh, they, like, made them <laughs> rice and beans. But if we can give them, you know, better nutrition, that's yeah. always good, too. Yeah. Absolutely. And you'd be surprised how many of your neighbors are feeding cats and you just don't even know mm -hmm. it. Well, and that's another thing. <laughs> if we erase the cat lady stigma that people have, like, to where they're embarrassed to tell people, like, I have all these cats that I feed and they just keep getting bigger and they, and they get ashamed mm -hmm. because they know they need to be spayed and neutered, but they can't do it, first of all, whether they're physically able or they don't know that there's options out there for them. And it got so much out of hand, they're embarrassed. Yeah. yeah. And because they know spay and neuter would have stopped that. And that, you know, but if one cat comes around and you're like, oh, okay, let me feed you. And then a couple months later, she brings you her kittens. Yeah, now you're like thinking in your brain. And you're, and you're like, like, oh, that's $2,000. You know, and you're like, oh, you got five kittens. Okay, well, I can't not feed them. And, you know, then the next thing you know, the daddy shows up too, and then he's <laughs> impregnating the babies, and they're like, all of a sudden, you have 30 cats, and you're like, mm, just gonna hide, close the blinds, yeah. and just sneak the food out back so that nobody sees me doing it. But if people understand that, it's not you. This is everywhere. It, it, my neighborhood, I didn't, I only had one cat that was wandering the neighborhood, skunk, who's a tuxedo. You know, like eight different neighbors, I think, say, This is my cat. So, <laughs> yeah. And, um, so, but now all of a sudden, because I live by apartment complex, I've seen a gray tabby running around. Wasn't that the one that you walked down there? No, that was the orange tabby. I don't know what happened to that. Oh, yeah. I walked over there. This cat was talking down the street, and Caroline and I walked over there. And like, hey, he, good he was rubbing on the stuff and let us pet him and everything. And he definitely needed to be neutered. Yeah. But, like, uh, because he still had them, um, but I haven't seen him again. So, see, I'm thinking he must live at the apartment. And somebody yeah. let him out. And then when we were going around the other way, there was a couple other orange tabbies running around. So I'm wondering if somebody had a litter. Uh, maybe I need they to go put flyers. That's the thing. Apartment complexes so are hard. Rough. Yeah, they're so hard. But you've tried to traffic uh, your own, and it's yes. people feed. Well, and I'm wondering if we did some of those door hangers and told people, like, hey, contact us if you've got even owned ones. They might get tipped, but you know what? So here's the thing about apartments. Number one, it's frustrating for people because they don't want, they, they want the cats to be gone most of the time. So that's a big problem. And if they don't want the cats to be gone, then when you schedule a spay and neuter, then they don't have anywhere for them to go for recovery or before surgery. So um, that is an issue. And then when you're trapping, um, there's so many areas that they can go for feeding. Mm -hmm. So you, like for instance, my apartment complex, there's two whole, there's two sets of apartments. So to door hang, I would have to go all the way, you know, to the other apartment pretty much to ensure that nobody's feeding this cat. So yeah, like I've tried the to trap this. The ones Street aren't that big though, so I actually might could do that. It might be easier yeah, that, for you. Yeah, because Glacier Forest is not very big. 
But like I have this one male cat that um, I've been, I think the two that are coming around right now, um, I think they've already been spayed and neutered. They're just not ear tipped. I think they're pets that somebody just like let out because yeah. they, they appear to be spayed and neutered. But there's one male cat who needs to be neutered. And I've set traps and set traps and set, there's a trap out there right now on my back porch that um, I've been, I set the trap and I set the trap and he never comes around. He just, he can go anywhere and get food. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is the food thing. And like when somebody's, when somebody tells me they're having a really difficult time trapping, I'm like, are you withholding food first mm -hmm. of all? And then they're like, yeah, like they're definitely withholding food. Oh, like I gave somebody, them a little bit last night. Oh yeah, some people, yeah. They, they don't, they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just gave them a little bit last night. I felt well, bad for them. them. Like, it's like, no, no, don't go back that, That's the point though, don't eat. Yeah. yeah. They have but to be if they really are, then I'm always like, there's somebody else feeding, feeding them. them. Which typically, them. I would say most of them eat at multiple places. Yeah, yeah. Because even smart. the one over in Lamarck that I take food to, yeah, Jerry, that's like I, I guarantee those cats are all healthy looking. Little hustlers. And there is, and I mean most of them are there, but there's about ten of them that aren't there when you go on a regular. All the orange ones that have already been spayed and neutered yet are all. They just, they hear me pull up now and they come running out the gate, come to the car and they're like, hey. So, Where's my second breakfast? Yeah, well, I don't normally, I normally will not feed them unless I'm trying to trap them. Yeah. Uh, or whenever I needed to go because she wasn't able to at that time. But uh, I let her feed them. But they do know I have food because I'll show up with a big bag. Yeah. And Fluffers is always going to come say hi and then bite me. <laughs> He's not got manners. Yeah. Love outdoor cats. But he's really sweet. Even Bruce, he was like petting him and then he turned to bite him and he's like, well, and I'm like, because he doesn't have manners, he doesn't understand. Yeah. Well, and then they, can, they get overstimulated. Like when yeah. they're them, they get overstimulated. Yeah. When I went to trap that little black cat that I thought was a girl, I was so disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I'm still I'm glad, I, I'm glad he got neutered. Yeah. I'm not, and, but this cat is gorgeous. So fluffy, and it almost had like a gray look on the black. You just thought it was a girl. Well, it's very little. feminine. Yeah, it's very little. So I guess there's a lot of inbreeding, because it just seems. Because even Fluffers is a year old, and he's not very big. Mm -hmm. So these cats are just. Yeah. How dare you? But Fluffers win its gender, Michelle. I just I know. Gender is and, and, and I was so sad, too, but everybody there was like, yeah, I was kind of shocked, too, because it did look very feminine. I mean, you know, yeah. it was very fluffy, very small. You don't really, I mean, didn't have a tom head. Well, that's just like in Oliver. We were yeah. all assuming that we had a lot of males. There was a lot of orange. And there was a lot of orange females. females. Yeah. It was, they were Actually, no. Actually, whenever I looked at the stuff, a lot of the orange, not buff, the ones that they had as buff, did they write, they use the term buff? Yeah, well, I think it said buff or okay. cream or yeah. cream. cream. I can't remember which one. I, I have to look verbatim. I don't remember. Yeah, but I was actually shocked because a lot of the orange and white ones were actually. Girls. Now, I will say that a lot of the orange and white ones from the big store, most of them were males. I think there was like two females from the big store that were orange, which is still. Do you see how many, do you remember how many from the big store were female? You don't have to. I was going to say, because uh, I already have the big stores in. Yeah. So I can shut. Um, 
I don't think, I think mostly males, actually. I yeah. think that we actually got mostly males from there. Uh, maybe four females. Okay. And that's just I mean, guessing still, off the top yeah. of my head. I mean, yeah, it, there was still definitely, so obviously I believe the Siamese was a girl. Um, and I think the flame point was a girl. Look at that Siamese not and there was, there was a like there, a girl. There was a, one of the black and white ones was a girl. Yeah. Uh, I think all the solid black ones are boys. Well, and that was the other, like, the thing we were talking about with Bolivar, too, like, they all, all of these cats looked so similar, even though they were from different colonies, and we talked about Ike in 2008 put the peninsula underwater, and it's like, um, we know at least one of the caretakers there told us that her cats were there during that time and survived, but obviously, probably most of them, yeah, most, I mean, cats are smart, but it probably kind of wiped out some of their population. And so now we're, what, into 2023, and there's, like, a whole nother... And that's probably all from the same litter of cats. And that's why they all look so similar. It's yeah. just interesting. Yeah, because there is a lot on Bolivar orange and white tabbies and tuxedos. Yes. Yeah. A lot of the... Which is... You don't normally... I mean, that was a lot of tuxedos. It was. And only four tortoises. Yeah. Only four tortoises. So I don't know if, if they, if the public knows about the statistics on torties and oh yeah, stuff that's being a good thing to to say. But yeah. like, uh, so torties or tortoise shells um, are ninety nine percent female. Calicos are like, I don't know the exact statistic, but I would say somewhere more around the lines of like eighty percent female. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then orange. I, know that. I thought that they were like 99 too. Yeah. That they're less than 40. Yeah. We can look up the exact statistics, so I'm not a liar. Yeah. I don't, I don't, no, I'm, I'm not saying you're No, I don't know my pants I thought that kept, oh, like pretty much 99. I don't want my pants to go on fire. So <laughs> we're not five. No. Well, not your pants are fine. <laughs> Maybe sometimes. No. Um, orange, and then orange tabbies is 90%. Yeah. Yeah. But when we were in ninety percent male. But when we were in Bolivar, we just found out that a lot of their cats were. Well, I think it's like a recessive gene or something. So it would make sense that if there's a bunch of inbreeding or not inbreeding, but like if you if they're from the same, that like that same gene is. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I logically in my brain that would make sense. Oh, I was wrong. Okay, I redact. Ninety nine point nine percent of calicos are female too. Okay. See, that's what I thought. Can you look up the orange tabby? Yeah. Is Willow moving? Willow is scratching. Willow is pushing. She's sitting against it. It's pushing all of her weight. She really wants to go O-U-T. That's what she's doing. Oh, okay, okay. But the funny thing is, is she never goes out at this time, so she's just being She's just excited because there's people here. Yeah. I mean, that's what dogs do. Autumn was trying to be part of it too, but she finally gave up. No, she is the one that she does go OUT around this time. Okay. Oh, yeah. You can't say those words because they're. Okay, only about one in five orange tabby cats are females. Scientists and researchers are fairly certain that orange tabby's color transpires from a sex linked gene with the X chromosome responsible for the orange coloring. Interesting. Yeah. Cats are so cool. Right? Now, what we thought 
was the issue in Bolivar was because we noticed some of those orange cats coming in were kind of more of what we call a buff. And buff is kind of like a cream. So more of a yellow instead yeah. of orange. Like and they're lighter. Yeah. yeah. So we thought, oh, okay, maybe that's the reason why. But but on our paperwork, it said orange and white. Yeah. So, I mean, without pictures, I can't yeah. verify if it was technically orange or buff or, or whatever. But on their paperwork, it did say, I think, it said yeah. cream or buff. On For some home. of them, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't remember verbatim for the big store, but because they had a couple of buff ones, and then mostly the orange. So. Now, my favorite cat lady, Yvonne, told me that the 0.1% that comes out in a tortier calico is sterile if they are a male. Oh. Which is a really cool fact. Yeah. That would make sense, though, because that's actually like the uh, ducks that live in my front yard. If they breed with a mallard, the Muscovies mm-hmm. and the mallards breed, like the offspring, I think they might can have one, but after that, but like a lot of them don't make it. They're not really viable. So, mm-hmm. really. and they sometimes I don't even know that they can make babies. So, like mm-hmm. the males might go around trying to get all the girls, but they're shooting blanks. <laughs> <laughs> but naturally, they still got to do it. So yeah. I don't know. But yeah. The instinct a, is there. Yeah, we get a lot of mallard mixes, and you can tell because the Muscovies are hissing ducks, so they make more hissing type sounds. Oh no! And the mallards uh, quack, <laughs> like the Affleck duck. So, yeah, yeah. So if you hear them quacking, you know that it's definitely not full Muscovy, even if it looks kind of Muscovy. So. Yeah. I found that out whenever they were there because I was like, "What kind of duck is this?" Yeah. Because they were so big. Yeah. Like, I'm like, are those some sort of geese? Oh, yes. I don't even know. Like, you know, because they're, like, big. But no. Found out what they were, and then we saw the mallards coming around, and then we had some that looked like they were mixes. And so. And the ducks, like, the ducks need some TNR. Well. Is that a thing? I don't no. know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Technically, they're kind of protected, even though they're domestic. They're kind of protected. Yeah. But, I mean, people with cars don't care. No, they don't. That's pretty regular on my street. You have to go get one. Just another reason. I'm like, why? We have all these other populations of animals that we don't grab and throw in a kennel and euthanize. Like, why do cats, why do we have to do that for cats? Doesn't make sense. Because people can trap them easily. You're not going to find very many people want to go trap a coyote. Yeah, fair enough. And, you know, the, the pigs that are free to go whenever the wild pigs. Yeah. People don't really... That, that's not that easy to just go, you know, you can't, I mean, you could set a trap for them and catch them. They have traps, but. I, I think mean, there's also, like, the confusion of a house cat versus a, a feral cat. Well, like, no, but there's also different. a misconception about what happens to the cat. So, you get these people, they trap a cat, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty cat. It's going to get adopted right away. Not necessarily. Yeah. It's not And, nice. and don't ever yeah. assume that even if a cat's nice to you, when it gets in the shelter environment, behaviors can change 100%. Absolutely. And that cat could be labeled as not adoptable and euthanized. And so you can't ever, and just because they're pretty, doesn't mean that someone else will think they're pretty. Yeah. Or someone else will think that this is the sweetest cat because they don't know their personality and they don't. Or, and the people don't think about this either, if, um you have a bunch of cats in an area, they do vaccinate upon intake, they try their best at their shelters, but cat gets sick. Yeah. 
So they're winning. And and because I've talked to people who have done this, and they're like, oh yeah, that one will get adopted so quick. And uh, that cat did not. Yeah. And it was a Siamese, and they just really thought Siamese. I'm like, mm, I mean, that's not. That and they maybe have a, they maybe they maybe have a better chance, but there's not definitely not guaranteed. Yeah. Well, it just never is. No yeah. matter what the cat, look, even kittens don't always have a guarantee because, like I said, they get sick. Uh, I mean, it's just never a guarantee. It's not. Uh, yeah, I think so. You can't yeah. trap a cat to send to the shelter and be like, oh yeah, it's gonna be fine. It may not. If you do that, it's highly likely that it's not. Yeah, I, you, it's got a fifty percent chance. Once you put it in the shelter environment, and that's municipal, municipal shelter. Now, if yeah. you go, if you go out of your way to find a rescue, I mean, you still have to find a rescue. Well, that's not rescue. a shelter, though. Yeah, well, I mean, there are some rescues that have shelters, but, but even the way then, things are right now, it's there's so many rescues yeah. that will just turn you away. Yeah, and I have talked to people all the time. I've already called that rescue. Can you recommend another? I'll go down the list and recommend recommend like ten different rescues that I know are good rescues, reputable rescues, and they're, oh, I've talked to them, they're full. I've talked to them, we're only taking kittens. Mm -hmm. Because they can't adopt out a a full-grown cat because they know that it's so much harder to adopt out an unknown background cat. That's the thing. Another reason for community cat programs. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it goes back to the stigma of see a cat, take it to the shelter. Those days are over. That's not how, that's not yeah, how. Yeah, when you take kittens that you picked up because mama wasn't there and you take them to the shelter, if nobody comes forward to bottle feed those babies, they're not going to make it. And, and that's something else people really need to understand is that you're not saving them. If you pick up newborn kittens that you think mama's gone, you need to buy formula bottles if you want to guarantee that they have a shot. Because you, you when you turn it over to somebody else, I mean, at that point, you just have to do the don't ask. Yeah. Because you may not like the answer you receive. Right. So. It's tough on these streets, for real. Like, and I see, I see on Facebook all, all the time, oh, this cat is so friendly, it must have a home. Whose cat is this? Just because this cat is friendly does not mean it's an own cat. It probably has, like, five homes. And it's, and it's, it's going, out there and hustling. It's and it might just be an inside-outside yeah. cat. Because, you know, a lot of these cats that go to pl- places and adopt people, mm-hmm. and people are like, hey, okay, they take care of it, but that cat, you know, was born on the street and still like, it goes inside when it's cold or rainy. But then when it's but nice, it, they It drives me crazy to hear people say that because that does not mean that that cat does not need to be spayed or neutered, vaccinated. It doesn't mean... It has a microchip. It doesn't mean any of those things. You just found a nice cat, man. Well, when I get, you just found a nice yeah, cat. Whenever I go trap at a place, if the cat gets in the trap and it's not fixed, I take it. I'm yeah. not. I don't ask if it's not microchip. Well, I don't even really check. If it's wandering around outside, it should be spayed or neutered. They no, don't. They should check. Well, you know what though? If they want their cat to not get spayed or neutered and they're adamant about it, keep it inside. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's outside and it wanders in my trap, it's getting fixed. The likelihood yeah. of it being I'm sorry. If I fixed your cat, I apologize in advance. You're welcome for the free service. Oh. <laughs> careful on that. <laughs> there are some legal things we got to be careful of. Well, they, have, they have to prove it's their cat. Yeah. I mean, they, they have do a scan. Well, they do scan there. Yeah. They yeah. do scan. So that that's, they do scan. Yeah. I agree, though. If you should keep your cat inside if you don't. 
Yeah. If somebody her. took a cat, if I had a cat that wasn't fixed, which all mine are fixed, but if I had one and it was outside and it came back and his ear was tipped and been fixed, I'd go, who else do you belong to? Why don't you go stay there more? Why do you keep coming back over here if you've got another home? Go there. Just put yeah. a note on its collar. You know, I'm like going through send it like a pigeon. I don't have time to put notes on there. Come over dinner. Yeah. I'll do breakfast, you do dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know, because I, like I said, some of the cats from the apartments will come over, and we'll go out in the garage, and there's like a new cat looking at me, and mm -hmm. it'll show up for a few days and then be gone. Yeah. Could just be trying to find a female, which then that's what I told Bruce. I was like, why are these big toms coming around? I'm like, hmm, what are these? Guys like, who's, yeah. who's got a cat and a girl over here? I think that, like, a male cat can travel up to two miles a day looking for a female, something like that. Mickey looks really way. healthy, so yeah. I'm guessing that we call him Mickey because we have a mouse that he looks a lot like, so we have a Mickey and mouse. Yeah. Uh, so Mickey showed up, and you'll, you'll see sometimes him walking by on the camera, but he doesn't hang out. But he'll go outside the garage door when you go out there to do something and he'll peek under looking at you. <laughs> like, I was eating. Why did you come out there? I'll tell you, I wouldn't even travel two miles for a man. <laughs> I don't think girls do. I don't think do. the girls do that. <laughs> I'm saying, if, if, it was, if that was the rule, I wouldn't. I'm going to tell you, if a guy thought for sure he could, I think he would. Well, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> dark, but it is true. Like, these, these tomcats, like, essentially rape these female cats. It's not, yeah. they're not consensual. It's not, they're not consensual. They're, yeah, it's not, most of the time, it's kind of brutal. And they fight, too. Yeah. You hear them scream. Yeah. I hear yeah. them scream sometimes, too. And I've heard, like, uh, tomcats sometimes will eat the babies. Like, I've heard that. Yeah. And I've heard moms eat the babies, I have too. heard that, too. Like, yeah. the sick ones and the ones that they're Yeah, not so, getting. if you come and tell me, well, I just, I don't, I think it's, you know, I don't want to take that experience away from the cat. I want her to be able to have um, a chance to be a, a mother. To be a mother, girl. <laughs> you want her to eat her firstborn? That yeah. Did, this is not like <laughs> that did happen to my auntie. Her dog, her dog did eat some of her puppies. Like it is not like she that. She decided no, after that that she wasn't going to be a mama again because yeah. you know, I mean, and she's a full-blooded German Shepherd. The animal like, world I, is I, so different. Because they don't have the same, and that's they only raise them for so long, and then they kick them out, and they don't even need to see them again. Mm -mm. They do not need to be like, oh, let me go say hi to my kids. They don't yeah. have, like, they don't care about visitation. Once they're weaned, they can they can go away forever, and that dog don't care, that cat don't care, like whatever. I think that's you know, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like that's one of the thing that always gets me in this world is people trying to humanize animals. And it's like, it's it's nice, but it's not, you're, a lot of times it's more harmful to do that. Like, let them be a cat. Let them be a dog. You, they're not people. I mean, I do have conversations for oh, my yeah. animals. Yes, but that but doesn't mean that they- As far as it goes. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that they, they really understand what you're saying. I mean, that's they true. They love you, yeah. I they, think you're talking to them and they're getting attention, so they're like, we're all about it. Yes. The animal-human <clears throat> bond is a very real thing, but it's an animal-human bond. It's not, right. yeah. So. They and, still are animals. Absolutely. That's why you're, even your own animals that have lived together for a long time, they'll turn on each other sometimes mm -hmm. because they're, uh, they're animals. Yes. Yeah, my, 
sick and tired. I mean, this apartment is not that big, and they they get tired of each other in their own spaces, and they will snap at each other when when they're upset with each other. Yeah, like they are very much. Um, they they have their own moments just like we do, and um, I had one yesterday. <laughs> I was so tired. Poor Ileon was like in the back seat, and Amber's like, <laughs> she's probably like, oh my god, are they all right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is Hi, they're good. They're, they're so cute. Grace <laughs> called her like four times, and every time she's like, hey babe, and hey babe, and he's like, hey babe, and I'm just like, oh, I'm, I want that's that. Funny. That's cute. They're just so excited to talk to each other. That's good. That's funny. I mean, unless I've been mad at him before he left for work, and then when I call, he's like, voicemail. <laughs> Decline. Until he sends me a voicemail, I'll, like, I'll be like, did you just send me a voicemail? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on the phone with somebody else. I can't talk right now. Liar. <laughs> I don't want you to yell at me anymore. But definitely special shout-out to Bruce for uh, bringing all oh, those traps across. Yeah. Did you see all the guys talking oh, yeah. to him? He was, was getting so, so when we were going on, on the, the ferry. Back. Yeah, yeah. On the, when we were on the ferry coming back from Bolivar, like, every single person went up to his truck and was like, man, what are you doing here? Because <laughs> like, he had the back of his truck packed with traps. <laughs> And his big trailer packed with traps. And, like, and they're, like, not all they the They were just fleas. eyeballing. Oh, no, they like, had, like, cat poop in them. Yeah, like some of them. Yeah. They're all, like, everywhere he went, they're, like, eyeballing. But then you talk to the one, um, so, like, you know, we pull in. Obviously, we've been on a ferry before, and so there's, like, there's, like, three rows on either side. So I just happened to be, like, right next to him in the truck so I could see him. And then we're behind <laughs> Caroline. Yeah, and they were behind me, and um, so I saw all the people talking to him, and then that one guy went up and was like, oh, what are you doing? And he told him, and he was like, well, I live in Santa Fe, and oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a trailer park full of cats, <laughs> and so I can, like, kind of hear it through the window. So you, like, got the, we saw him and get so, the paper. And so Bruce is like, talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote down, gave him the information. Just That's goes funny. to show, like, literally everybody... See, everybody's got yeah, really some cat can't find things. out what you're doing. Now, I did when I unloaded all the traps from the trailer and I was cleaning them all. Uh, my That's neighbor across the street, he come out and he's like, what are you doing? What are, like, I mean, and he's in his 70s. And then when I told him what I was doing, he's like, why? <laughs> you know, like, why wouldn't you just take them to the shelter? And so I tried to explain it to him. I don't know for sure if he got it, because, you know, he's kind of like, when you're old school, that I get it. They, there was a different generation. They don't understand our, our need to stop just killing them for no reason. Where is this even control the population? Yeah. It's yeah. Not even. Well, and that's what I tried to tell him. I'm like, but the problem is, you let's say you trap five cats, and you take them in, and you caught the leader of that colony. I'm like, that male that's two streets over fighting with this other male is just going to move over here and bring his girl with him. Yeah. And now there's two colonies instead of one, and they're going to grow even faster. Both of them will grow faster now because you only have the one male in each one. Yeah. And I tried to explain it to him. I don't know if he got it. But then when he realized that how many we had done, he's like, well, that's kind of cool. Like, in one day? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why? he's just like, that's and that like, was just like a little like of, of all the cats that live in the county, it was like a little. I mean, it was obviously it was big. I'm so glad we did that, but and well, the that was 
so but there was like thirty two females that are not having babies yeah. anymore. Yeah. And, and did, with kitten season coming up. Yeah. That's huge. That's yeah. huge. We did over five hundred last year and we're we're hoping to at least double that this yeah. year. I think we can. I think we I can. think we can too. And on that note about your neighbor, like that's just like the property that we used for the Bolivar project. Um, is owned. Thank you. Yes. Is owned and run by Texas Crab Festival Charities. I hope I got that right. If I butchered it, I'm sorry, but I think that's right. Um, but it's a nonprofit, and they let us borrow it. And uh, the gentleman that came out and visited with us, his name was Tom, and he what wasn't. Cool dude. He's very cool, and um, he wasn't really familiar with it either. And he was just fascinated. Um, came out and saw when we had all the cats lined up, all 58 of them getting ready for surgery, waiting for the doctor to get there. And then he came out when it was all over and we were sending people home. And then he came out the next day when we were collecting traps ready to go and he's like, that's it? Y'all are done? And we we're like, yeah, 58 cats, we're done, we're ready, we're cleaning up, we're going home. And he he's was just out. like, wow. Yeah, he was like, so cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so and I he, do wonder what people think when they see those Oh, yeah, we have a whole, yeah. And yeah. Um, I 
get that, but ugh, I'm gonna sound so I look Texan right now. This is this is America. <laughs> but no, it's like this is America. We are not. We are a first world country. We do not need to be just euthanizing animals. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, if we're gonna yeah. lead the way on a better world, right? We gotta start at their home. Yeah. Right. And and, and in like European, doing. a lot of European countries, it's not. Like, they don't just use nice animals the way that the U.S. Right. does. But I get it. Like, you go over to Africa or, um, like, Haiti. Well, it's not diminishing any of that, but I yeah. mean, just because we're not helping that doesn't mean that other people aren't. Right. This one still needs addressing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Well, that's what I always talk about. Um, and that's why I love being in the nonprofit world and, you know, I'm doing, like, more networking stuff. And so I talk to all these nonprofits, and it's really cool. It makes me... It makes me really, uh, like, it makes me think that the world really can be a better place because I see all these different groups that are working on, like, just different parts of the world and the country that need to be worked on, like, mm-hmm. like Hillary and Higher Up Texas. Yeah. Awesome group. They're working with the youth in our community to make them to help them be young professionals and, and contribute back to the world. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And then you have this other group who's like working with veterans and then you have this other group that's working with women and children who are trying to get out of abusive situations and all these different nonprofits. That's, yeah. So that's what I always think is like the world really is becoming a better place and we all have to focus on the things that we're passionate about. Exactly. And try to make that better. Yeah. But no, like one group doesn't mean that we don't all the No, it doesn't mean that we don't care we wouldn't even contribute. We just this is our focus, this is our part. Right. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. It needs to be addressed. Somebody's gotta do it. You know, it would be wonderful if we could go in and just fix this problem overnight and move on to the next. Yeah. But everything takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Chipping away at and and I I you know, we have to spend a lot of our own money to do a lot of right now and I can't afford to go to Africa <laughs> I, I I just don't have that kind of money yeah I wish it did it'd be great yeah so we have been some pretty cool animals there I really I'm, I'm gonna tell you I like to watch them on TV I don't know if I want to go because they have a lot of bugs and stuff that can kill you too and I'm like I don't do bugs oh my gosh what do you mean you don't do bugs this is when I moved down to Texas I learned what bugs were. I did well, not no, no. know. I, I, and, and that's why I don't do bugs. It's, yeah. it's Jeez, the bugs in Bolivar. I don't know how they the live out there. And, the, the, well, and I'm going to tell you, those mosquitoes, Yeah, that they were insane. like... They'll pick you up and carry you away. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, and just everywhere. Even when it was chilly and windy, they didn't care. Nope. Yeah. Bug spray? It was like just an appetizer. It was a joke. It was just a joke, guys. Yeah, I do feel like I'm constantly always have bug bites, no okay. matter what. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like it is February, and my ankles are covered in bug yeah. bites. Yeah. 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 Or guess is it February? I'm no, it's January. it's January. It's almost February. Preparing for February. Next yeah. week is February. Yeah. So you're only a week off. Only a week off. It's not that bad. Man. I mean, before we know it, it'll be February. February is a big month for my family. I I could push it off a little longer. Man, I got Bruce's birthday. I mean, well, my anniversary, but that's. Never gonna be mine. I've got my daughter. We buy so much for ourselves all the time that I don't really know. 
Like, I mean, what, I mean, other than things that I can't afford to get me, like, hey, I want this. It's like, well, I don't have that kind of money. I can't get that for you. So my daughter turns 19, then there's Valentine's Day, our wedding anniversary, Brian's birthday, and my birthday. Oh, so yeah, that's a, oh, that's a, that is a big Whoa. one. Whoa. And it's not even a, it's like a shortened month. I know. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. I thought I was, that was just the anniversary mm-hmm. and his birthday. And I didn't even count Valentine's Day because I'm gonna, I'm not gonna we lie. We don't even really do. I don't really Day. care anymore. We might buy some chocolates or something, but you're just too busy. It's like you're like, oh yeah, that is, isn't it? And mostly it's if you go out to eat. That's really the only right reason you need to remember Valentine's Day is don't go out to eat that day. Yeah. <laughs> That's the day you cook at home. Absolutely. Like I don't care if we're gonna have frozen pizza or some frozen chicken fries. If I didn't get a chance to cook, we're eating something here. Or maybe a drive-through that people don't go to on Jack in the Box drive. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not so gonna go romantic. out to Look, babe, I got you some cold curly fries. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta do karaoke. You that's what you gotta do for the birthday. Um, karaoke. He does love that karaoke. Oh yeah. We did that in Bolivar. That was, that was fun. That was our night before. Like, I started watching Firefly Lane that you told me about. Yeah, it's I cute. Really, it's really cute. I really like it. And they were doing karaoke, and I was like, oh, my God, such a good song. Oh, my God, such a good song. You I know, right? Like, you have to think, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, when you're pushed on the moment, you're like, I don't know. And you get your playlist on your phone, and you try mm-hmm. and find things, and then you're like, oh, yeah. And you do it, and you're like, okay, I can't sing that. Next. <laughs> Next song. I know, Bruce kept choosing, he's like, you know this one? I'm like, no, I don't, but I will try my best. I, I like when y'all she do Gangster's Paradise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was lots of fun. Was oh, my gosh, that was. I forgot. And you know what, but I, I and then y'all, I, y'all did, were drinking beer. Y'all did yeah. the, the Colors of the Wind. Oh, the wind. oh yeah, that was beautiful. It, it was. was. First Disney. song. But you know what? Love Disney. I, yeah. Love so Disney. does it. My sister, she that was one of the first things she did was uh, she also like we didn't do it the beaches song waving and flowing. It's like, oh, oh yeah. I'm not doing that Nova. Oh geez. I'm not there. Doesn't that one dip like really low? Probably. She has that big range. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm not that girl. I'm gonna have to just start start a list on my phone though for I know, and it is. It's fun. I mean it's uh, hey. Bruce, like every Friday night when he brings his beer, he'll come in there after he's been drinking for like an hour. She's like, you wait for karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's do it. And he always wants to, like, he'll start out like, he's always like, ooh, let's do this one, like Willie Nelson. I'm like, dude, no, I don't want to sing Willie Nelson. So maybe, that could be our, uh, maybe that could be our, our spring fundraiser. Like cats and karaoke or something. <laughs> Everybody bring your cat and a song and a six pack. Yeah, because Bruce does oh, have yeah. to have a few beers and when you'll sing. Same. Because it's like, uh, even if nobody's there, it's just you gotta make sure. I'm I don't drink, so I'm sober. It's fine. But my voice, I, I didn't have a voice for two days after sitting next to that vet truck. It was so oh, loud. Yeah. Like Bruce, like what's it, like even Brittany was like, what happened to your voice? And I'm like, I was, it was loud, trying to talk. Yeah, I mean, scream the, over the. Yeah, and then you know, <clears throat> I talk a lot anyway, so it was way over the voice. <laughs> trying to 
broke it. That man. truck, I was so impressed with them, though, too. Like, they were just, like, I mean, there's, like, four staff just knocking them out. No, they said they do it three days in a row. That's wild to me, yeah. too. It's a lot of, it's, you, you know, it's just crazy to me that you've got all these clinics doing that kind of stuff all the time. Still haven't made a dent. We have. Well, I mean, uh, no, but you know what I'm talking about, about, like with the dogs and stuff like that. It's well, just like it's crazy to me. Like, um, like what? I feel like these like 20 people years would ago. Look up how many like homeless pets there were like 20 years ago compared to now. It's actually it's insanely different. So we did make a huge. Deal. It is. It, it just is. doesn't feel like it, I guess, because every day you still find animals yeah. on the side of the road. No, compared to like, and I mean, that's why even the number of animals euthanized in shelters has decreased like, drastically. Well, and with us, that's what was making up a lot of it was the feral cats. Yeah. Well, even just like... Now we gotta work on large dogs. Yeah. Are you finding it? I'm like, maybe that's not the right... Or maybe, um... Look at... I googled 20 years ago how many homeless pets were there in the... Look up um, 20 years ago compared to now, like, euthanasia and animal shelters. Best friends have some good stuff on that. But that's yeah, I always... Think I think my phone's over there. I know, I'm like, I probably have it. And, oh, I'm like, where's my phone? 20 years ago, euthanasia oh, rates. That's right. <laughs> 20 years ago, euthanasia rates. Yeah. There's probably a good, like, comparison piece somewhere. Hmm. This, uh, this is an article by um, the New York Times. Okay. And it says that since 2009, euthanasia rates have plummeted more than 75%. Yeah. Well, that is good. Yeah. There's, like, and they also, I know they've done some, like, studies on how many free-roaming animals there are, and that has decreased a lot, particularly for dogs. Um, just with, like, people doing more spam. We just need to get people to understand that, you know, these mixed-breed dogs, no matter how pretty they are, yeah. don't need to You're not going to, okay. Unless you're, like, breeding, like, a golden retriever or something, and you're, like, licensed, and you have all of that stuff, like, no, your mixed-breed dog does not need to have puppies, and no, you're not going to make any money off of them. It, it's not going to happen. Even if you think you do, and if you make 400 bucks because you sold t four puppies, you know, two puppies or whatever. Yeah. Then what about the other six? Right. And, and then where are you taking them? You know, then you give them away, and they're not vetted. And mm -hmm. This is interesting. What's behind the changes? They contributed to one of the changes since the 70s. Bob Barker's sign-off. Yeah, everybody says that. Spay and neuter. Yeah. Pet. Well, and he did because he reached, you know, so well, many pretty people. much worldwide because, you know, that does go everywhere. But, yeah, That's so sure. interesting. Though, and it was that. daily. Mm -hmm. So he was telling people that daily, and I... I I remember the first time I heard him say it. I know, right? The first time I heard him say it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. But, you know. Yeah, no, I've, I've multiple, I've had multiple people have said that, that, like, that was a really big 
And when I was growing up, our dog had puppies. Yeah. You know, ours did too. And in I didn't really think anything of it because I was a kid. But uh, like she had, I think she had nine or ten. My my first dog, Babe, that I remember having puppies. I want to say ours. And she like had six or eight. She had so many that when she went to lay in the box, she killed some by laying on them. Oh my gosh. And it was pretty sad. Yeah. And then um, my mom's little poodle had puppies. But I think after one litter, they were immediately, because you just don't think about it. And, you know, now it's like immediate for me. Yeah. I know that I don't want puppies because I don't want, I'm not going to just give them away to anybody. And there's probably going to be at least one. They're yeah. like, oh my God, that one's just going to stay here. <laughs> um, like we had a little Japanese gen named Zoe. She was pregnant. Yeah. Because those would have been little dogs, and everybody would have fallen in love with them. She'd probably only have two or three, and they would have all stayed at my house, and I would have had three more dogs. Yeah. No. Nope. As cute as they are. It still happens, though. I mean, like, I, t- I was talking to somebody um, who was asking me. It was, like, somebody I just met, and they are like, oh, I'm trying to get my dog spayed. They said it's going to be, like, $2,000, and I was what? like, well, don't go there. Yeah, There's that's other not a good Let place to go. Other places. And she was like, honestly, this is just so hard. I think I might just let her have babies. And I was like, no, 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 Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, my God. I would God. personally make the appointment for you. But it's, but I think it's like, I know, like, it gives us anxiety. That, like, makes for my heart people, race. Like, no. Just like, why? What, what, no. What are yeah. you going to do with those dogs? Right. How many are they, how many is she going to have? And what are you going to do with them? Are you going to vaccinate them to make sure they don't get parvo right. and die? Right. Okay, and they don't think about it. I mean, but I mean, why? it's happening a like lot. I see so you many know. people, they post, like, I, I just saw somebody, I don't remember whose post it was, like, how I I saw, and it might have been, like, somebody that I just know from, like, when I used to play Farmville on Facebook or whatever, but they posted, like, it looked like a little dachshund puppy that died of parvo. Yeah. Aww. And, you know, like, well, where did you get this dog? And why did you not, and see, and I don't even understand. If you're going to breed puppies with your mixed breed dog or whatever, I, I mean, I understand that maybe the feed store shops may not be the best quality if they don't keep them but it's probably better than nothing. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's like 10 bucks a shot. At least tell the people that you're giving the dogs to to go get that. You know, at least something. Give them some sort. I, I, it doesn't make sense. If you're going to bring these puppies into the world by choice because you want to let them have a litter and experience motherhood, then do right by the puppies and at least give them a shot. Yeah. yeah. Because Parvo lives Parvo in the yard. Parvo is a terrible way yes. to die. And, and, I mean, and the other thing, distemper. Yeah. One of There's the rescues is having an issue with that right now. Could have been prevented. Yeah. I mean, feed Absolutely. store vaccines are at least some protection, even if they're not the right potency or whatever right. else. It's going to be at least something. And you got a 50% chance that it might work great. Yeah. So... Or, I mean, you know, you have all these vaccine clinics and stuff. Take them in. Absolutely. Get them this temper parvo shot. Yeah. Well, yeah. but I, I, I feel like the main thing is if you bring a new puppy home, just remember the rule. It doesn't go outside. Yes. Until it has two t- rounds of vaccines, whether it's at a vaccine clinic or the feed store, till you give it some form of protection. And if you're like, oh, no, no, all my other dogs are fine. Don't, oh. don't trust anything. Because if you put it on the floor at PetSmart, it's exposed. 
because you don't know what an animal went through there. And yeah, they might mock, but do you know if it killed that? Probably not. Yeah, no, and the number of people the that don't know that just baffles me. Well, but I would know that's not true because when I was young, I didn't ever hear any of that stuff. It's well, just stuff that people really start but talking if you're about. Gonna have, if you're going to have a litter, though, well, you, you need to think, know that. But they don't think so because you have to think a lot of these people just think everybody does it, so it can't be hard. Well, and that's like, again, it comes back to what we always talk about, and it's this is our passion. This is what we yeah. eat breathe, dream about all day, but a lot of people that is not their main focus and that's okay. But again, it's as people in animal welfare world, it is our responsibility to make it easy for people to do the right thing. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think we always do a great job of that. And when my dog had puppies when I was young, I didn't know anything about Carlo or this gender. Yeah. I and like I don't even I, I don't, don't even know if my mom really knew my mom at that time that you know, if she let the puppies go run around the backyard, they could be exposed to something like that. Yeah, ours lived in the backyard. Yeah, that's what they I mean. You, you disappeared so one day. So these people don't realize, and the problem is there's more animals that were running around spreading this stuff. Well, and so, so you know, I do, like, the pet sitting stuff, too, and I, I have a couple puppy clients, and those, they know. They, you know, they're like, oh, they still haven't gotten their second vaccine yet because they take the puppy to the vet, but I think it's, you know, you can't, a lot of this is disproportionately affecting under-resourced Absolutely. parts of the community. Well, and like I've, I've got two neighbors with dogs that are now about a year old. And, you know, I, I, I don't have the means to give them the vaccines they need, you know, but I keep trying to tell them that they need to go do this because, yeah. I mean, these, lucky enough, these puppies made it through the worst part of their experience. Vulnerability. Oh, great. I have just done her parvo shots. Well, we can talk about it later. Yeah, I'm going to say, I don't know. I I mean, I really want them to get spayed and neutered, though. Yeah. Because, especially Onyx, because she's a girl. Yeah. And she's like a mid size Australian show. You met her, right? The Merle one? Yeah. She's super cute. And, you know, if she gets knocked up from that pity mix across the street, they're going to be like, oh, we need to just have the puppies. And it's going to be like, yeah. Let me, just, let me just take her. Yeah. She's not pregnant. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. Then you when have, she comes back. You have the people who are like against. I I talk. I go through this when scheduling with the community cat program. You have the people that are against staying while pregnant. And I understand that there's some form of moral. I I and. And I do struggle with that myself. I do. I, yeah, I, I, too, I don't do that easy. But if these cats live outside, mm -hmm. what are you subjecting these future kittens to? Because you want them you to live on the street? Or the I mom. Mean, have a well, very rough life. The, the mom has a difficult pregnancy. And yeah. you're putting the mom at risk. And so. the thing is, is what they don't understand, though, is if you go to some of these colonies and you see these kittens, like the three that I pulled, the crusty eyes. They ended up having a ringworm that they would have never been noticed that right. they had ringworm had I not pulled them and got ringworm. So, I mean, I'm just saying it's like, because they weren't the having, eating. well, I'm just saying they didn't yeah. have hair. And look, and the thing is, is how many have you pulled from these oversaturated colonies that have the Khaleesi virus and chlamydia? We've had to get eyes. Right? I mean, it's, there's, if it comes over, if a colony becomes too much out of control because you feel guilty about terminating pregnancy, first of all, that cat, two days after getting spayed, doesn't care anymore. 
Yeah, and that's reality. I've never had a cat lay around depressed <coughs> that, you know, you turn. Uh, as a matter of fact, my dog that I had it germinated on, she was hiding and depressed that she was pregnant. I and when know. I got her spayed, she, she was right back to being her normal self yeah. because she didn't want to. First of all, it was a total accident. I had a diaper on her and the little dog just managed to rip that thing off. It was her first heat. It was so bad. And mm -hmm. she was only like a year old, so it was not a good time. Yeah. But second, it really just lit a fire under me, like, oh, we'll do this right now. Yeah. So, because, uh, you know, you procrastinate. Because they tell you to wait till they're older and all this stuff. Don't do that. It, it, yeah. it, it's going to happen. The accident will happen no matter how careful you are. The dog next door is going to dig a hole, come through. It's, it's going to happen. Because they're really Even, old. like, my family, like, they were kind of against... Spay and neuter. And I know for a fact my dog knocked up a couple neighborhood dogs that came into the yard, you know, and it's like that's. But, and I get it because some people are like, well, because it's a risk when they go under for surgery, um, you know, and it does happen. There are some that, that do pass away during surgery for many number of reasons. Well, and it's like if you're really worried about that, you can do the blood work, you can do the pre screening stuff. There are ways to mitigate that. Obviously, that's. When yeah. we're doing our high volume stuff, that's not, uh, can't do that. But if you're, if it's like your personal pet and that's something you're really concerned with, you can do a lot of pre-screening to yeah. mitigate the risks. And it yeah. is very, I, I know that I think the statistics at Picture Pet was like less than 1%. Yeah. Which is pretty good because it's a high Especially volume clinic. Yeah. These I cats mean, have never been to a vet before. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't know what's going on. And even with the own pets, they're street cats. I mean, they eat trash sometimes. Yes. And then, and then even you a know? lot of times, the own pets that come through there have never been to a vet before. Yeah, and that's I mean, true. Let's be realistic. People aren't searching out free. Well, there are some. I've seen some on Facebook. Shame on me. I can afford to take it to the vet, but why should I if there's free services? Because it's for people that really need it. Yeah. That's irritated me. I had to bite my lip. It yeah. was really frustrating. But I I mean, these people, they don't have, they don't know and when they find out. They feel blessed to get the opportunity. So if it does happen to a pet, it's very sad. Because, you know, they're just trying to do the right thing because they know it is. Yeah. But when that happens, it's very sad. So, it is always a risk. Yeah, but I, and we see, like, um, we, for example, the cat that was out on Bayshore who had a mummified kitten still floating around, floating around, around yeah. and inside in, it. Inside and of she it. was dying slowly. Yeah. Because she couldn't even eat because they found out that's why she was so skinny. She yeah. wasn't even able to eat. So So it's like, yeah, when you don't spay and neuter, you say you want them to have a litter of babies or whatever. Think about that cat. <laughs> she, yeah, it's yeah. not fair. No. But... We're doing good work, though. We're doing good work. We're, We're doing work. necessary work. Absolutely. Yeah. And the goal is just to make everything more manageable. Yeah. To where the animals that are here have better lives. Mm -hmm. I 100% I don't think that having money makes you a good owner over people that don't. No. Uh, I agree. If you can't afford vet visits, you know, we can help you. Uh, and we will do our best to yeah. try and help you if we're not... You know, we don't have money to help everybody. Wish we did, but we don't. But um, definitely, we have a 
lot of knowledge, though. We have a lot of ways to connect yeah. people with the right resources. And there are ways to get get things done. Um, if we see a big need, we this one here plans everything. She uh, she'll say, "Well, you know what? We really need to work on that. What can we do?" And but if you you know that's the thing. I hate whenever I see some of these people like you know, oh that cat was sick. You should have took it to the vet. Well, they may they may know that cat was sick and they didn't know what to do. They don't have the money. Doesn't make them not care yeah. about that cat, and I don't like that either. Because I've been broke before, and sometimes still could be, even right now. <laughs> but you know, I mean, a lot of times we're all one paycheck away from being really broke. Yeah. So it, I, I don't know. I feel like those people that love their animals, and just because they don't have money, they're the ones that really do need support from people because they, they're not. Like some people that go to turn their animals in because they think I can't afford the food or I can't afford vetting. People have gotten rid of old dogs that they think needs more vet work than they can afford and being able to help them so that animal can stay with them till they die. That would be wonderful. And, yeah. And I think if the community comes together and starts understanding that just because somebody is broke doesn't well, and make them like, not a good pet owner. Right. They could love that animal more than the person that has a lot of money. Well, you know, you always say, well, if you can't afford it, you shouldn't get a pet. But it's like, that's such a dumb thing. Because it's, it's not Are like we supposed that. to kill all the animals that people can't afford to take care of? Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> also, that's a lot. It's also, like, when you look at these places that are really under-resourced, they're the ones that have these stray dogs, like, roaming around. And this cat's roaming around because nobody's fixed them. And it's like, it's not like a lot of times these people have gone out of their way to go and... I mean, sometimes maybe, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of times they're not like going and spending hundreds of dollars to take in a pet. It's um, they my my daughter. Something happened with my daughter, and now I have her dog. And something happened with my son, and now I have his dog. Or my neighbor had dog had puppies, and there's no place for them to go, and so I took one, and you know, or I moved into this house, and I'll, I you know, have all these cats. cats. Here. Yeah. Yep. It's not that simple. It's not especially in those areas that really really need our help it's usually not like they went out of their way well I, when we were at that texas city thing and a lot of people talking about they moved in and the colony was already there yeah so and i hear that a lot i was gonna say it seems like and you know just the guy that lives on my street with his other house he was telling me that that you know when they moved out they left the cat yeah and he doesn't want anything to happen to him so he brought him in to get spayed what did you do yeah good job though. um but uh I, I mean, I love seeing people that understand that, you know, it's not the cat's fault. So let's try and provide the best, like, for these that are here, and if they're young and friendly enough, let's give them homes so they're no longer out there in the elements, and we can give at least the, the ones that don't want you to be getting them, let them be. Yeah. Let them be. I mean, they will help keep the rodent population under control. That's right. Yeah. And I know some people get mad about birds, but I mean, I'm not gonna lie, my dog would kill a bird. Yeah, it's true. If it came down too low. Well, again, it's, like we said, there's really only a way to control the population, and it's through TNR. And again, it's not a perfect thing, but it's better than doing nothing, and it's better than randomly taking cats out to be. Well, and if the public will help target colonies where we can go in and get people to come help us do trapping and transporting and getting them to these clinics. We can get it to where they stop expanding. Yeah. And moving one street over and spreading and spreading and spreading because that's like again I turn on the dike and it's like the 
dike exploded probably hundred years ago. There's cats laying on the dike, is from what I understand. And they spread, and now there's like within a half mile of the dike, just colonies we know of, there's at least five. Yeah. And it's all of these cats that spread out from the dike and found, you know, people to feed them. No, and I'm pretty sure that one over by June, because it's not far from the dike. And I yeah. bet those, and I'm not, now, I know four of the five of the cats there are friendly. Was sick. And I, yeah, I've personally trapped at three, and I don't even trap that much. So if I've personally trapped at three, I'm sure I have to go and like. Well, we did that one where you and Bruce caught some, and then we didn't catch any the second day. Yeah. And then that, that one originally from then the that town. one lady that the apartment complex was across the street that we went and actually the drunk track. Yeah. And then he the, was beating um, them. The so kittens that we brought in, the first kittens, were like the cute picture. Oh yeah, that was over there. That was right by the tank. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those are kind of. And yeah. so it, that's what happens, you know. And it's like they've been trapping and killing cats for how many years? And all of and those are like, like on this side. This side, you know for sure it's associated with the dike. Yeah. I mean that, and they just keep wandering this way. Yeah. Because they're fighting for food. They, there's not enough food sources, so they yeah, have to so spread they, out. Yeah, they spread out. That's how it works. But I don't know. I think we've been talking for like over an hour, so it's probably good to wrap it up. Here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. She's like dying to go out, and I can't control her anymore. She's like scratching at the fucking yeah. Well, we heard her scratching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. No, that's that's good. I think. So our last podcast that we tried to do, the sound messed up real bad. So we're back to our original setup, and hopefully, hopefully, you're more of these.